We are on week number three of our series entitled Audacious Prayer, and it's our heart's desire to be a church that is praying audaciously, and I've been praying for every single one of you that as you go into 2017 that you would start praying audacious prayers, and in this series of audacious prayer, we have been looking about the fact that we oftentimes when we pray, we pray for safe prayers, we pray for... Um, um, easy prayers. We pray for comfortable prayers. We don't really allow God to stretch us beyond what he wants us, to, wants us to do in life. And so it's been my heart's desire that every single one of us would have some, some boldness as we move forward into this new year, that we would be bold enough to, to pray for big prayers, that we would start dreaming bigger dreams that God has in store for us, that we would pray for, for a bigger mission that he would have for not just our church, but our, each of our lives. That, that we would be people that would pray daring prayers, that we would step forward in a, in a daring way and say, God, I'm praying for this. God, would you do this? We've looked at two prayers over the last few weeks. We looked at, at, at um, Joshua who prayed for the sun to stand still in the sky, and it actually stood still. God answered that prayer. We, last week we looked at Jairus who was praying for his daughter who had, was sick and then had passed away, and God raised her again. And God wants us to be specific in our prayers and say, this is what I am praying for God. And the last thing is he wants us to be daring and get out there and pray these, these prayers and step into these moments. But oftentimes as we, we think about prayer, I don't know about you, but I think sometimes we, we pray for things that just concern ourselves. And, and these aren't bad prayers. You know, we pray for, you know, you, you know, Aunt Pat is in the hospital. Would, would you heal her? Lord, my marriage is struggling. Would you restore that? Hey, I'm in financial difficulty. Would you help me out? Lord, I, 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 I'm trying to overcome this aspect of my life. Would you help me in this area? And those, those, are, those are great prayers, and we need to be praying for those people and, and those needs in our lives. But I think when we begin to step forward and live our audacious lives, God moves us in our, our prayer life from focusing just on ourselves to something bigger. And the prayer that we're, we're looking at today is Isaiah praying the words, here I am, send me. And I don't know if you can remember in your life, maybe if you've been walking with God for a while, the first time you, you prayed a prayer like that, I can remember it really clearly in, in, in my life. I was 21 years old, and uh, my life was kind of waffling around. I was in college, I was in this, I wasn't... I was going to church, but not really committed to things of God, and I was just kind of moving along. And my, my sister and I, um, the youth pastor at our church, was re, he was taking a job out in Colorado, working for another church, and, and he had a big dinner to celebrate his ministry at the church. And so we said, hey, let's go to that, let's, be, you know, go to that. And when we were there, he said, I'm leaving, and God is going to raise up some new people to, to step forward, and he, he challenged all those that were at that banquet to just say, would you pray the prayer of Isaiah and say, here I am, send me, and my sister looked at me and goes, that's what we need to be doing, we need to be praying that, we need to be available, maybe we can help in the youth ministry, maybe that's ours, and so she said, yes, and I go, yeah, that's a great idea, and so we decided to do that, and th this was like July, and then in August, she went away to school, <laughs> and left me to live out this, this prayer in the church. 
And so I was like, okay, I'll volunteer to help out with youth. And so I started, you know, just chaperoning and going to events. And I would show up on their Wednesday nights. And they had, you know, maybe 50 kids showing up on the Wednesday nights. And I was just kind of coming along to be. And, and one, the leader said, hey, Tim, I want you to do the presentation next week. And I never presented anything before in, in my life. I'd never really stood up in front of people and, and shared God's word with anyone. And so he said, Tim, I think you can do this. So he, 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 he gave me a topic. He said, why don't you talk about prayer? I was like, okay, I can pray. I can talk about that. And so I started talking to the students. And when you got 50 students and you've never spoken in front of students before, what happens? They all start chit-chatting, 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 talking. And, and at one point, I was like, I don't know how to control this crowd. So I'm like, would you guys just shut up? I got something to say. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. And then, <laughs> which just made them talk more. Then there was one kid that he would not stop talking. There's always that one youth kid that just doesn't stop. And he wouldn't stop, and he wouldn't stop. And I was like... It's like, would you please stop? Would you just please stop? And he wouldn't stop. And I said, if you don't stop, I'm going to lock you in the closet. And he kept talking. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to be a man of my word. So I put him in the closet. And you're going to hear him in their muffled sound of da 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 And uh, then afterwards, one of the students came up to me and said, hey, Tim, you know, probably... Everyone shut up. Probably isn't the best mode of teaching. Locking kids in the closet. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, here I am. Don't use me. Please use somebody else because I'm not the right person. And oftentimes when it comes to this prayer, here I am, send me, we think like that. Well, I'm not sure I can do this. I don't really know if I can volunteer. Maybe I can sit in church and show up at church, and that's enough, because if I step forward, I might make a mistake. If I step forward, God might, I might not be successful. I might not do it well enough. I'm not equipped enough to do this. And this is how we often are when it comes to that step of praying Stepping forward away from just praying for ourselves and now praying for something bigger that God could do in our life. We, we get afraid. We are, we're scared. We're not sure we're equipped. And it stops us. And the truth of the matter is when you look in, in, in Scripture, there are people that don't respond with, here I am, send me. Because here's the thing. When God calls you to start praying for something audacious and then stepping into an audacious moment... It will be more challenging than the experience that you are in right now. He doesn't say, here, come on and follow me. It's all going to be easier than it was before. It's going to be more challenging. It's going to be more difficult. It's going to stretch you in ways you've never been stretched before. And that's a little bit scary. And in Scripture, there are people just like you and I. There's three responses to God's calling on, on our life. And, and, and here's Jonah. Um, this is what he said. He said, here I am. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to do that. It says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So what did Jonah do? Hey, here's where I want you to go. But Jonah, Jonah ran away from the Lord. Here I am, God. I am not going. I am not going to do that. I am just not going to do that. 
Not today. I'm too busy. I'm not qualified. I don't have it in me. I, I don't. I don't know if that's ever happened in your life where you've heard God calling you to do something to help someone in need and you didn't and you shrunk back from it and you said, I, I mean, honestly, I've done that. Honestly, I have. I mean, I, I've been driving along at times and you, you're thinking I should help this person. I should, you know, you, you see someone on the side of the road that needs help and you think, well, I don't have time to help that person right now. And I keep moving. You see someone at work that is in need of, of just an encouraging ear, a helpful word, and you walk by them at work and they say, and you can see it on their face and you go, eh, I don't really want to go there with them because last time I did, I was stuck with them for a while. And you make an excuse like, well, I should stay busy at work when you could easily invite them to lunch or ask them after work. There's so many times in my life when, when God prompted me, moved me, called me, invited me, and I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. Moses, here's a different response to that. He said, here I am. Send somebody else. I, I'm not the one. Send my brother, Aaron. Send him. In Exodus 3, verse 10, it says it like this. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses was raised in, in Egypt. He knew the slavery. He tried to solve it once his way. He knew the pain of his people. There was nothing more near and dear to Moses' heart than seeing God's people set free from slavery. But even with that, this is his response, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I, I'm just a guy here in the wilderness. I can't do this. Send somebody else. I am sure there are more qualified people, more capable people than me. And the truth of the matter, when God calls you, there will always be more qualified and there will always be more capable people than you. And there will always be fear when you hear God calling you to go somewhere. Fear that says in your mind, you know, I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I don't, I don't go to seminary. I don't have any theological training. I, I'm just in these fears. I might make a mistake. Um, in the book Sun Stands Still from Stephen Furtick, he says this about facing some of our fears. He says this, when you reflect on God's vision for your life, you should be overwhelmed. You're going to wrestle with a lot of fears, just like people in the Bible did. It's not wrong to feel fear, but it is wrong to let fear have the last word in your life. The people who accomplish the most astounding things for God's glory aren't the people who feel the least fear. Often they are the ones who deal with the most intense fear. But instead of letting that fear disable their dreams, they start increasing their capacity for faith. They act on the part of the direction that they do understand, not the part that they're afraid of. And then they leave the rest up to God. And that's what he's calling you and I to do, is to face our fear. Moses eventually was willing to face it, and Moses, Moses eventually went very, 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 very reluctantly. So here's Isaiah. We'll get to Isaiah. He says this, here I am, send 
me. And it's in, in Isaiah 6, 8. He, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And you notice before he answers, he doesn't ask questions like you and I would ask. If God was asking us to go somewhere, you do something, we'd say things like, well, where, where are you sending me to go? What is it going to be like when I go there? Um, how's the weather going to be? You know, is the weather going to be better? How about the pay? Because surely, God, you want to call me to go something that's going to be more challenging. God, I'm not really sure that the, we would have a list, laundry list of questions to ask God before we said, here am I, send me. But Isaiah grabs the sheet, doesn't know any of the details, and just signs his name and says, here I am, send me. Here I am, I'm available. Here I am. You have permission, God, to interrupt me if you want to. If you want to interrupt me, God, I will go where you want me to go. If you want me to stay in this difficult situation, I will stay in that difficult situation, God. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. If you want me to say something with someone, if you want me to share something with someone, God, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go say that. I'm going to go step into that moment. If you're asking me to give something away to someone in need, I'm going to give that. If you're asking me to, to share financially, I will do that, God. My life is completely available to you. I am your servant. Here I am, God. Send me. It's an audacious prayer. And if you pray a prayer like that, I guarantee that God will interrupt you. He will prompt you. He will lead you, and he will move you forward into, into stepping into an audacious life that you really want to live. Now, when we look at this verse here, we, we can easily dismiss it because we think, well, Isaiah probably was like, here I am, you know, send, he, like he's confident. Here I am, send me, but that's not the way he was. It, he was not confident in his <laughs> at all. It wasn't like, you know, in, in, in school, remember you'd have gym class and they'd line, I probably don't do this anymore, do they? Where they line everybody up against the gym wall and then they pick the two best players for, they don't even play dodgeball anymore, do they? <laughs> I, I, I love dodgeball. Even when the dodgeball hit me right in the face and my glasses split into two pieces, it was awesome. But... Um, but they line you up and you're, you know, it, 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 some people were like, pick me, pick me, you know, I'm going to be great. And then others are like, mm, uh, don't pick me, you know, I don't know if I'm the one to do it. And we sometimes feel like that in God's kingdom, that I'm not really the right one. Because that's the way Isaiah felt. That's, the, but there is things that happened right before he prayed this prayer that enabled him to pray this prayer. There were things that, that happened that, that were primed him for this prayer. And oftentimes people read this prayer, but they don't read what leads up to it. And it's what leads up to it that gives him the courage and the audacity to say this. And so let's look at those three things. And there's three things for you and I that every single one of us, if we step into moments like this with Isaiah, we will be primed to pray the words of Isaiah. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 6. Go ahead and open up to Isaiah 6 verse 1. You can follow along on the screen. You can look on version. I don't care how you get into God's Word, but I, I encourage you to get into God's Word because that's what changes our life. 
And it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What happened? He saw the presence of God. He has a genuine experience with the presence of God. He enters into a moment with God. Because confidence isn't going to come from ourselves. It's going to come from the one that created us and the one that's called us. And he sees God and he has this experience. And it says this, Above him were seraphim, which are angelic beings, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. With two they were flying. And they were calling to one another. And they were crying out to God, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. You... you have sung many songs over the years that say, holy, 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 holy. We sing this. I remember when our, our daughter was really little, we were, you know, the old holy, holy, holy. She used to sing like this, holy, holy, Emily. Da, da, da. And we were like, hmm, in Jesus, that's what you are. So keep singing that. All right. And so, but they're singing the holiness of God, the holiness of him. And the whole earth is full of his glory. He's overwhelmed in this moment about seeing who God is. For some of us, the reason we might not feel that we are available to God, the reason we may not even be available to God is because we're not entering into the presence of God. If we don't enter into the presence of God, we're never going to get available in our lives to God. We need to spend time in his presence. Because that's where our strength comes. Somebody asked me uh, a couple weeks ago, do you ever get overwhelmed at the church? Do you ever get overwhelmed in ministry? You know, you probably are confident all the time. And I got to be honest with you, I get overwhelmed all the time. There's numerous times I get overwhelmed. And I don't know what to do next, and I've got to lean on God. And, and I was visiting someone in the hospital this week, and I was down in Royal Oak, and, and I was driving back, heading back to the office, and, and God just kind of said, Tim, just spend some time with me. And I'm driving up Woodward, and there's this retreat center in Wood, on Woodward that I, I go to, and uh, just want to walk around, and I actually haven't been there in over a year, and I, 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 I just said, pull in there. And so I just pulled in. And I was just praying for the church, praying for you, praying for what's next. And, and I just began to read through Lamentations. And, and if you ever want to, if you're feeling overwhelmed, dive into Lamentations because they're overwhelmed in Lamentations. And he's going through, Jeremiah is going through about feeling suffering, feeling homeless, feeling overwhelmed. He's feeling all of these things. And he says this, yet I dare to hope. And as I'm sitting there at the retreat center, I'm just sitting outside in the cold with this, this Bible that I can barely read anymore because my eyesight is horrible. Um, but it says this, The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. And I was sitting there saying, God, you have been faithful to me. You have been faithful over and over and over and over in my life. You have been faithful. And I just began to reflect back on my life and the ways that he's been faithful. And we, we forget his faithfulness in the past when we get overwhelmed about things in the future. We forget he's going to be faithful today and tomorrow too. And he says his mercies begin afresh 
each day that this morning his mercies are, are new for me. God, your mercy is for me. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him and to seek him. And I just needed to, to spend time with Jesus that morning and just listen to him and just sit in his presence and, and just allow him to speak into my life. And I don't know about you, but I need that daily. I need the, the, those times of just refreshing with God often in my life. And maybe for some of you, as you look at your life and being available to God and you think, I'm not even sure God can use me, get into his presence. Some of you don't even, maybe you don't even have a relationship with God. You're kind of sitting there coming to church and like, yeah, 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 this kind of God thing. I'm not really sure that's for me. I'm, I, I don't really like anyone really controlling my life. And if I gave my life over to God, that would mean he's in control. And I don't like anyone controlling my life. Do you realize such a goofy statement that is? I don't want anyone controlling my life. Stuff already is controlling your life. If you choose to follow Jesus, you're saying, God, I'm choosing you to be the one that controls my life. When you don't have Christ controlling your life and helping you with feeling overwhelmed and the struggles of life and knowing that you're redeemed, what things overwhelm you? Your feelings can overwhelm you and you can be controlled by those things. You, you, your own hurts and hangups and difficulties can be overwhelming you and controlling you. Heck, you know what? I've seen so many people the last couple months that are just overwhelmed by what's going on in politics, and they walk around like, oh my gosh, the world is going to end. You know what? They're being controlled by that. You can either be controlled by these things, or you can say, God, I want you to control me. And you know what? He can not only, not only does he control, but he transforms you by just being in his presence. And so I want to just encourage you. Get alone with God. Get alone with him. He wants to reveal himself to you. You don't have to go off in the woods. You could be driving in your car listening to worship music and something can hit you. You can be putting your kids to bed and as you're praying with them, you're thinking, holy, holy, holy God, you're in, in this room with us as we pray and just enter into his presence and allow that to transform you. This is what happens when Isaiah, because um, it goes deeper in the transformation and the priming of Isaiah's life. He experiences the presence of God, but what happens next is, 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 is awesome. And it's a critical piece if we want to be used by God to live audacious lives. The second thing is we need a genuine, not only a genuine experience with the presence of God, but a genuine awareness of our sinfulness. I'm gonna, I mean, I'd argue today that probably one of our biggest cultural lies that people believe today is this. I'm a good person. You're a good person. We're all good people. Everybody here is good. Nobody here has done anything bad. We are all good people. Let me just be straight. When you look in Scripture, Christ says we're not good people. We are sinful people. We are bad people. We turn our our bent is to walk is to turn away from God. To, to our bent is toward wickedness. Our bent is toward sin. Our bent is toward walking away from God. 
We are not by nature good. We are by nature horrible. Welcome to Epic Church, where we're here to lift you up and encourage you. Feel better about yourself. This is the truth. We are sinners. In the eyes of God, when he sees our sin, it breaks his heart. When Isaiah saw the goodness of God, he realized the badness about himself. He realized the sinfulness of himself. He realized where he fell short. And unless we do this, unless we allow God's word to speak into our life, this, we will place our confidence in ourselves and not in him. He sees the holiness of God and then it, 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 it overwhelms him with the sinfulness inside of himself. And this is what he says in Isaiah 6 verse 5. Woe to me. I, I cried, I am ruined. I'm a sinner. I'm pathetic. I have nothing to offer. God, you're the holy one. I'm not. You're the righteous one. I'm not. You're the one that is almighty. I'm not. You're full of glory and woe to me. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the skills. I don't have the ability to do that. For I am a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. That's talking about sinful lips. Um, and the eyes of, and my eyes have seen my King, the Lord Almighty. He sees God in his presence. He realizes his, his sinfulness. And what's awesome is what happens next. And this is the third thing. Not only do we have to enter into the presence of God and experience that, have a genuine experience there, not only a genuine experience of the awareness, but the last thing is a genuine, uh, genuine understanding of God's grace in our life. That's what gives us the confidence to step forward audaciously. Then one of the seraphim, who are singing, Holy, 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 flew to me with a live coal in his hand. He had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. What happens? He enters into the presence of God. He sees his sinfulness. I'm ruined. And then with one touch of the, the grace, the love, the hope, the forgiveness of, of Jesus Christ transforms his life. He realizes that he has been forgiven of that. His lying lips have been forgiving. His lustful attitude has been forgiving. His self-centered thoughts have been forgiving. His outbursts of anger have been forgiving. All the ways he's failed others have been forgiving. All of that is wiped away clean. Every secret sin in his life has been wiped clean. And when we look to the cross of Jesus, when we look to what he has done for us, it's like one drop of blood into our lives, one drop of his grace into our lives forgives it all. It forgives not only the sin that we commit today, he forgives the sins of our past, he forgives the sins in the future. He's going to forgive the sins as we walk forward audaciously. Because we're walking not by our strength, not by our ability, not by our giftedness. We're walking forward by the grace of God. Whew. When we recognize that, that we don't bring anything to the table, but God brings everything, it changes our lives completely. We can pray audacious prayers. We can step into audacious moments. And so Isaiah responds, whom shall I send? And he says, here I am. 
here am I. Not by my strength, not by my ability, not by my giftedness. I'm yours, God. Anytime, anywhere, whatever it is you want me to do, my answer is yes. And it's not like, oh gosh, I have to do this because God wants me to do this. It's like, no, I get to do this. God, I, I don't deserve to do this. I don't, I don't, I'm not worthy to do this, but God, you've called me. You've asked me. You've wanted me to join together with what you're doing in this world. And this is awesome. I get the joy of serving you. Yeah, it's going to be hard at times. Yeah, it's going to be difficult at times. But God, I'm walking with you. And there's nothing better than that. And then God begins to take Isaiah's life and uses him in amazing ways to speak into God's people. All from one thing, being available to God. So let me ask this question as, as we close. Where is God calling you? What is the audacious prayer that you need to pray when you say, here I am, send me? Where is he calling you? What is, it that he's what is the dream that he's placed inside of you? Some of you have such huge dreams to be used by God, and, and things have been holding you back from doing that. And, and what's holding you back is what? That you're not spending time with God and having an experience in his presence. That's holding you back. That you're not realizing the depth of your sinfulness. And you're not being overwhelmed by the grace of God. Do those three things and just watch out what God's going to do. And, and I'll just close by saying this. Remember back in my youth group meeting where I'm telling the kids to shut up. You want to know where the, the one student that came up to me and gave me great advice afterwards? Do you know where he is right now? He's a pastor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, doing ministry, ministering to people. You know where the guy is that was locked in the closet? He's in Chicago. He's a pastor doing ministry. So despite ourselves, God uses us when you step into moments like that. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, we come before you and we thank you for this day that you have given to each and every one of us. We look at prayers like that. Here am I, send me, God. And you want to send us into divine moments, divine experiences where we are walking with you. And just like Isaiah, we want to pray those prayers, that prayer, here am I, send me. But Lord, even before we say those words, Lord, prime, prime our hearts, prime our lives, prime us by getting into an experience with you. Lord, may we hear your voice today and, and step into a moment of just spending time with you this week. May we be overwhelmed at the depth of our sinfulness. That yes, we, we are people of unclean lips, of, of sinful lips. We are people that sin. Yes, we, are, we fall short. May we see the depth of that. Because it's when we see the depth of that sin, we see the depth of your grace. And we see the depth of your love. And we're overwhelmed by the fact that you would call us. And that grace that you pour out into our lives, that forgiveness that you, that you wash over every single one of us, the, 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 the hot coal that burn, touches our lips and, and heals us of our sins. May that grace so, so overwhelm us that our only response is this. Here, my God, send me. In your name we pray. Amen.